Now, the starting lineup for your minor league baseball show of record, up on deck. Leading off from Simi Valley, California, Jeffrey Hinkle. Batting second from Bethesda, Maryland, Jake Brown. Batting third from Kansas City, Missouri, Jack Bartlett. And batting fourth from Kensington, Maryland, Ethan Schwager. This show is brought to you by BlazeRadioOnline.com and first pitches are every Wednesday at 9. This is Minor League's Major Show. Hello, hello, welcome into Up On Deck. It is your weekly update into everything and every everything and anything minor league baseball. My name is Jeffrey Hinkle. Alongside me is Jack Bartlett, Ethan Schwager. Jake Brown has the night off tonight as well as Joey Pirati. So, gentlemen. I mean, let's not bury the lead. Okay. You, Ethan, you get... Schwager's is getting right into Ethan, it. I'm ready. I'm ready. Two <laughs> minutes. You get He's been excited for this okay, for like well, two hours Okay, well, if you go on even ESPN's front page, um, <laughs> you can go anywhere. Francisco Alvarez, New York Mets. Let's go. How's it Mets. feel to break the news, Schwakes? Um, I mean, shout out to... I, I don't know if it's uh, Heyman or, or Sherman. Whoever... whoever it, was, it was Sherman. Okay. Um, whoever broke the news, Joel Sherman... Uh, great job and look I think when you look at the when you look at a major league club the New York Mets decided okay rather than going with a bunch of trade pieces and giving up a bunch of talent let's go and use our guys who are up on deck and bring them you know bring them to the plate this year and they did that with Brett Beatty against the Braves actually you know they did it with Mark Vientos and then now they're bringing up in the most important part of the New York Mets season they're bringing up Francisco Alvarez the number one prospect in Major League Baseball and before the show I was talking with Jack and I said uh, you know before that was made official I said to Jack I want to do a segment on this show um, talking about guys who who weren't call-ups this year but will probably be call-ups next year and I had in mind Francisco Alvarez, and like 15 minutes later, <laughs> I see it on Twitter. I get a text. I mean, I I get multiple texts. Seconds. And <laughs> Francisco Alvarez, welcome to New York, baby. Wow, you got 10 seconds to spare. Do you want? Do you want to do? You can any, say like anything now. You've got five seconds now, Schwager. L F G M. Done. <laughs> Period. Wow. Got that in buzzer beater. <laughs> um, so I just want to go off of what you just said about Mar- uh, Mark Vientos and Brett Beatty. Uh, me and Jack were looking at Mark Vientos' numbers. Uh, Mark Vientos is batting, what, 143? Yeah. Has 28 at-bats. We had this 28 at-bats, has two hits. Hey, hey we, he's we had got this... a home. No, it's four hits. Oh, one sorry. of them's a double, and one of them is a home run. Oh. Okay, you got that's an important part to, to include. <laughs> the world on fire, Mark Brett Beatty's numbers were so much better. They was like 180-something with a... With two home runs. Oh, two home two runs. Two home runs. Yeah. Zero doubles. But, 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 but here, here's the deal. Is that both of those prospects' first hits were home runs. Yeah. So Well, one hey, of them wasn't. If we rush Vienta, them up, you're going to no, get out a home run quicker. Um, but, I mean, here's the thing, right? We had this conversation la- on last week's show about teams that are calling up guys who are expected to be the heart and soul of the team immediately. Uh, CC. Adley Rutschman and the Orioles. And then you got guys who aren't really expected 
that which is invading and not VF. Francisco Alvarez is not that for the Mets. The Mets are having a very, very bad second half of the season. Yeah. They blew the crap out of the NL East and they said, let's get butts back in seats. They didn't let's blow it. They didn't a hundred if you're going to win a hundred games in a season, which but, the Mets yeah. will do if unless they but are they going to win? That's not choking. Are they going to win the division, though? Yes. The other thing because to, they have the tie break on the and this is a minor league show, so I want to focus on the prospects. <laughs> we want to focus on the kids. Ethan, the other thing to keep in mind here is um, on the first live show of this semester, we ha- we talked all about patience and you know we have to to wait for the right and the perfect time to call up guys and when we do that we see them succeed i pointed out brady singer once the royals brought him back down this season and then brought him up and he was able to figure out that curveball that he has been actually a really good starter for the royals these past couple of months we also pointed out uh, you you brought up a pitcher during that episode because it was Garrett a, Crochet. Yeah, yeah, it was Crochet. Garrett Crochet. And, 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 you know the list goes on of all these guys who you just got to be patient with, and they're gonna succeed because that's exactly the the sport of baseball, what it is. And, and sure, like Francisco Alvarez might be great out the the gate, but look at but Wander Franco his rookie year. Well, that's all that you guy need. had what like a thirty six streak on base per or uh, thirty six game. Uh, streak with getting on base and, and, and now this season Wander, is... and now where is Wander Franco exactly Maybe. I mean I want to I want to take if you go back to to 2015 when the Mets called up Michael Conforto who was one year removed or less than one year removed from college uh, he had a great second half of the season had a great rookie year and yeah. all of and a now, sudden had now... a great <laughs> April of 2016 and all of a sudden faced Madison Baumgartner on May 1st and went back down to the minors there's no shame in going yeah. back down to the minors but right now when it's only you know you're not you're only relying on Francisco Alvarez for two series right now and um and but I will I will make this rebuttal Ethan where is Michael Conforto now uh he's waiting out on contract offers because he's injured but he's I mean, waiting, he waited out an entire year in the major leagues. Because he was injured. Because he was, well, he that's still could have. That's part of the game. If, <laughs> teams are still going to offer him. Right. And he got, and he he got was, an offer he before that, the, he got he, an offer for the Astros for $30 million over like two years, but he was like, no, I, I'll get more. And he turned it down because yeah. he thinks he's all that because the Mets <laughs> called him up early on in his in his. Because he's a Boris client. Yeah, well, we can blame Scott Boris all we want. Trust me, I'm a, I'm, I'm a Dodger fan. Scott Boris has been screwing over the Dodgers. Oh, I'm since... a big Scott Boris fan. Scott like, Boris, you know, love you, man. Okay, let's move off of this. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get off my soapbox on on Scott Boris. We have some congratulations in order. Um, so congratulations to some of the minor league teams that have clinched their uh, their division in the Double A. The Somerset Patriots beat the Portland Sea Dogs two nothing to win the Northeast Division. The Richmond, or no, sorry, the Richmond Flying Squirrels, Erie Seawolves uh, series in the Southwest Division. Erie wins that two nothing. Congratulations to those Tigers prospects. Um, and then those two met in the championship series of the AA, and Somerset won it in a thriller, two to one. Uh, two to one went that series. So, congrats to the Somerset Patriots. Uh, the Southern League, you had the Rocket City Trash Pandas meeting the Tennessee Smokies. Uh, Tennessee went on to win that, moved on to the championship game against the Pensacola Blue Wahoos, who beat the Montgomery Biscuits. And finally, in the championship series, Pensacola won it 2-1. to one. So congratulations, Pensacola. And in the Texas League, 
the Tulsa Drillers Wichita Wind Surge series went two nothing to the Wind Surge. Let's go. Uh, we'll go Wichita. They were Wichita, uh, Kansas. They the their stream was through the uh, radio station I interned for this summer. So oh. a little bit of a connection, personal connection to the Wind Surge. There we go. Bit of a fan. There we go. And then the uh, the San Antonio Missions Frisco Rough Frisco Rough Riders series. Uh, Frisco took that one two nothing. And then the championship series comes, and Wichita versus Frisco. Frisco takes that series two nothing. So. Shots of the heart. Uh, shots of the heart. <laughs> shots of the heart. I mean, known, known first, uh, known Wichita Wind Surge fan Jack Bartlett is is broken right now. <laughs> um, and then in the middle, the Midwest League of High A. We're now in High A, folks. Um, the Great Lakes Loons, Lake County Captains, Lakes Lake County, won that series two to one. Cedar Rapids Colonels versus South Bend Cubs. South Bend won that series two to one. And then Lake County and South Bend met up in the championship series, and South Bend win that two to one. Uh, South Atlantic League: Aberdeen Ironbirds versus the Brooklyn Cyclones. Aberdeen wins that two to one. Let's go Ironbirds. Go Ironbirds. <laughs> um, South Division: Bowling Green Hot Rods versus the Rome Braves. Bowling Green won that two to one, and then the Iron met the Hot Rods. And Bowling Green won the series two to one. So congratulations to those raised prospects in High A. And then finally, finally, in the Northwest League of High A, we've got the Eugene Emeralds versus the Vancouver Canadians. Uh, Eugene Emeralds affiliated with the Giants. Vancouver Canadians. Can you guess who they're affiliated with, folks? The Blue Jays. The Blue Jays. Uh, Eugene swept them three nothing. So congrats to the Eugene Emeralds. Look, do I we do we want to go to to single A? Because the triple A the triple A championship weekend starts in twenty one hours. That's exciting. Twenty one hours and fifty two minutes thirty five seconds. Electric. It's uh it's the El Paso Chihuahuas versus the Reno Aces. What did you say? The El Paso Chihuahuas. That's wrong. No, it's not. Chihuahuas. Chihuahuas. I saw a license plate from <laughs> I saw a license plate from Chihuahua, Mexico, like yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like America has borders that people can cross <laughs> legally. Well, there's one from Sonora. I don't want to go into this tangent because that's not the point of the show. But there's one from Sonora parked at my apartment building. I mean, talk, let's talk about crossing borders for a second, Jack. I mean, international international, international prospects. Yeah, we got. Uh, so we do have a little bit of time before. Uh, the the KBO and the Nippon pr- Professional Baseball start their playoffs. Is it Nippon or Nippon? It's a good question. I, I don't actually know the answer to it. I feel like it's Nippon because it's two P's, one O. So Nippon. Nippon. So, okay, so the Nippon Professional Baseball League. Um, last year, their playoffs started November 20th. So I uh, reasonably would assume their playoffs will be probably starting sometime around then. Uh, the KBO, however, their regular season ends October 8th with playoffs starting shortly thereafter. Go Dennis. And, and their playoff, the way their playoffs is set up is, is really interesting. Actually, Hmm. it's not, it is honest to God, not, um, any sort of traditional format of a bracket I've ever seen. I know this, this is looking really, really interesting. (laughs) I'm waiting to see how you, how you explain this. So the, uh, 
so what the what Wikipedia said is there's a, a, a wild quote unquote wild card round. We and okay. that's between. I'm gonna shout out the Twitter. We trust Wikipedia on this show. <laughs> we 100 percent trust Wikipedia. On oh, that's where the camera I went is? to the I went to yeah. the reference page and I checked it out. So it like it it does add up. Um, but this was a source from Wikipedia. Uh, the they uh, the the five seed plays the four seed in the wild card game. Okay. And then the winner of the wild card game goes on to play the three seed in what is called the semi-playoff. And then the winner of the semi-playoff plays the two seed in the semi-final. And the winner of that goes and plays the one seed in the Korean Championship Series. So does the one seed kind of just get like an automatic yeah. bid to the final game? <laughs> yeah. And it's, these are just all one-game series, right? Uh, I believe so. Okay, because that would be a long time that the one seed would have to wait. If they were like... Yeah five-game series. Oh, that'd be nuts. Even three-game series. Yeah. It'd be like a month and a half that uh-huh. the one seed Yo. doesn't play any baseball. <laughs> what if there was a baseball Champions League like they have in soccer where you had like the best of the best, where you had like the best couple teams from Major League Baseball, the Korean League, and, and Japanese League? You know, that'd be I, sick. It'd be what cool. I, that could work. What I've been wanting to see is AAA versus the worst MLB team. Like the MLB team with the worst like, like like that hypothetical with Bama and and the Jets. Yeah, the no, but I feel like, like if 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 the if the best AAA team like take for example either the El Paso Chihuahuas or the Reno Aces that win the championship if they if they could beat like the Reds if they could beat like yeah the Reds say <laughs> do can we can we get a. Uh, Triple uh, A team getting promoted to the majors. Well, the, that'd be so that'd sick. Be, like, that'd be like, like yeah, like play for your yeah. life. Just, just change everything to the soccer format. Like play for your Other life. Other than the World Series, like that stands. But like the worst teams still get relegated. Um, I mean, but like on that on that note, like but that's the big train. The team I worked for, they actually played last year. They played a exhibition against the Israeli national team. So you had like Ian Kinsler and like you know Ty Kelly, some of these other guys just playing against. Um, Playing against a summer collegiate baseball league, wow. league team. Well, so back on the, the topic of, of KBO, um, so that's how the format works. The top five as of right now, uh, it sits the SSG Landers are in first place. The LG Twins are in second place. My Kiwoom Heroes are in third place. Shout out Yasiel Puig. Yes, sir. Yasiel Puig and uh, Jung-Hoo Lee. And the the KT Wiz and the Kia Tigers uh, round out the top five. Big KT Wiz fan. Okay, it's a sick name. I'm an really like a top five. I'm an NC Dinos fan, and uh, we won the the what whatever you call the championship. We won it the year that everyone in America was actually watching it. Well, yeah, because it was what <laughs> it was 2020, and we had no baseball on for. Bro, like March of 2020, I was watching the Taiwanese league. I mean, that was fun. <laughs> hey. Like those bets must have gone crazy though. Imagine like oh, yeah. you're you're sprinkling money on like the KBO and the Nippon baseball league. <laughs> well, the, and just, you're staying up to like three in the morning. Your wife's like cooking breakfast. You're like, babe, I gotta have this parlay. <laughs> Kiwuma has to win, and they have to win by more than two runs. Well, here's like the way it works, right? So Japan, so Japan is the only one. Nippon is the only one that I think is considered widely considered. It, it's a step down from Major League Baseball, but it's actually a step up from AAA. So Jap- Japan's professional league is 
you know, a lot of people rank it somewhere in between AAA and uh, and Major League Baseball. So technically, it's still minor leagues. So we're not we're not. But like... it's it's like it's the only one that's really. I think if you were to take, you know, it's not clear cut. If you were to take the best team in there, um, I don't know who, maybe like the the Giants or the whatever, like the Yomi Yuri Giants, right? And you put them, I don't know where they rank right now, and you put them against the worst team in Major League Baseball, I like the opponent team is probably going to win. Yeah. Like, put put the Hiroshima Carp up against, like, a single-A team, and the Hiroshima Carp are going to be seen as, yeah. like, gods. Right. But put the Hiroshima Carp up against the worst the worst MLB team. Yeah. Like, that could be another se- that could be another series. Yeah. Get a, get an international team that wins their league. Mm-hmm. And have it like be a different one every year, right? Like somebody that wins the Aussie League mm-hmm. can come and play the worst team in the majors and fight for your life. Yeah, but like <laughs> it's like WWE, like hell in a cell <laughs> to keep your franchise. <laughs> so if so, hypothetically speaking, that which you guys just listened to on Blaze Radio, but hypothetically speaking, if any of these international teams were to get like were to get a franchise, where would you want an MLB franchise anywhere else but the U.S.? That's a really good question. Right? I mean, Mexico is obviously the the number one answer because we don't have a team in Mexico yet. Yeah. Or the the Caribbean somewhere, whether Mm -hmm. it be Curacao, whether it be, you know, um, the Dominican Republic or... Cuba or my somewhere. country's not getting one. Uh, my yeah. Cubans. I think those are like those are good answers, and like obviously they need them. Right. I think we should teach Europeans baseball, and then put a baseball stadium in Lisbon. But shout out to the Great Britain World Baseball Classic team because yeah. Great Britain actually qualified for the World Baseball Classic, mm-hmm. so we may see them in Phoenix come March of mm-hmm. next year. Um, so the Europeans are slowly picking up on baseball, yeah. slowly but surely. And there's oh, Jazz Chisholm's playing for Great Britain. Is he actually? Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> when when his parents were born, uh, his parents were born when Bahamas were still run by Great Britain. Because ah. Great Britain at one point, I mean, nobody's blown anything worse than the amount of territory the Great Britain has blown. Um, but they were technically citizens of Great Britain because of when they when they were born. So he's allowed to eligible to play for them. You know, and Jazz Chisholm just in general is a great player. Right. Yeah. And I think he's gonna definitely bring some life into that Great Britain team. That already is is already kind of like uh, like us against the world, literally. Mm-hmm. Like I, nobody was thinking that Great Britain was gonna make it, mm-hmm. but somehow that here they are. The World Baseball Classic is just funny because in. In soccer, guys who have Caribbean ties from from European nations end up playing for the European nations if they're good enough, right? If you're too good, you like you have guys doing it the exact opposite, like Jazz Chisholm. You got all the Curacao guys playing for like the Netherlands, like always. And well, no, because Curacao, not, is, Cur- Curacao or, is or Aruba, is, right? Or it's Aruba, right? No, because Curacao is technically a territory of the Netherlands. So right. if you're from Curacao, you you are a Dutch citizen. So you you don't have any other ties really, right? You could play. I mean, Curacao could make their Curacao could definitely make their team. own team, but Curacao is owned by the Netherlands. So, I mean, it's kind of like saying, okay, Puerto Rico can't have their own WBC team because they're a territory of well, the U.S. But they do. 
but they do because they were a country before the U.S. went and colonized them, right? All right. So moving on, moving on from uh, from international, from international. Do we even give a city that we'd want to see one in? Like Mexico, I said Lisbon. Lisbon. Okay, Lisbon's a good a good option. I think historically, it's yeah. it, it's an old enough city where they've got the infrastructure for it. And they, it's right by. Um, it sits right next to a river. Oh yeah. So. And put it on the river like Cincinnati or. Yeah. And uh, Lisbon has seven hills too. Really. Yeah, it's literally like, it's like the most perfect hills you could ever see, and then like forms the whole city. It's gorgeous. Hmm. Hmm. So that could be like an overseas trip. Like, the MLB is gonna play a London series next year. And that'll be cool. It's gonna be very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's at Wembley Stadium. I really, really, really want to go to that. Um, They've had ties to Japan in the past. They played at the Tokyo Dome. Um, where else have they played? I know they've played in Australia. They played in, they played in Australia for one exhibition game in spring training. It was the Dodgers D-backs in, I believe, 2015. Um, but, yeah, I mean, internationally, I think the most logistical sense would be to put a team in Mexico City. Yeah, because it's it's mm-hmm. within a three and a half hour flight. What guys are used to are used to flying, and it's you know you're you're getting that that Mex those Mexican fans that end up rooting for the Dodgers, right? <laughs> I mean it, it's it's plain and simple. Like three quarters of the fans at Dodger Stadium are Hispanic, mm-hmm. um, and coming from somebody that grew up in L.A., like it, it's it's either you're a Dodger fan. Or you don't watch baseball. Like that's that's the only two options, and I hate to say that because like San Diego is a great city, but like you don't see many Hispanic Padres fans, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, what like Valenzuela and guys like, right? I mean, when you look back at like who... Valenzuela, Julio Arias, Alejandro Kirk, uh, Andres Munoz. I'd be so interested to see like in Japan where where. I mean, you probably have a lot of Dodgers fans, Angels fans, and Mariners fans. Yeah, Mariners is probably the big, like one of the big ones. Right, but like Hideo Nomo. Huh? I mean, just it depends on the era which people grew up in and stuff. What, are you talking about Japan? Japan, like who they like as a professional team. I, I mean, mean, there's a decent amount of Japanese players who have played for the M's and like been great. Like, I mean, obviously Ichiro is the greatest Japanese. Baseball player. I mean, you said Kikuchi just wanted wanted to go to the Mariners because yeah. he was an Ichiro fan. Like mm-hmm. that was his main reason to go to the Mariners. Exactly. Uh, like, I mean, that's kind of the Japanese trend. I feel like is they're all very big uh, Ichiro Suzuki guys. So shout out to Ethan, uh, not not Ethan. Shout out to Jake Brown who just sent us an article um, about the the baseball's grand tour of nineteen fourteen. Um, and the 2014 season actually opened up in Australia. Um, but in 1914, the Giants and the White Sox actually played an exhibition game in Australia. And it was the 100-year anniversary of that game that the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks played in Sydney. So, shout out. Okay, so a century ago, an international tour yet to be equaled featured the New York Giants, Chicago White Sox, and Jim Thorpe, the man considered the greatest athlete on the planet who was simply glad to have a job. 
Jim Thorpe, a.k.a. the man that is in not only the Football Hall of Fame, but he's also won a crap ton of gold medals at the <laughs> Olympics, and he played professional baseball. Mm-hmm. So, shout out Jim Thorpe, shout out 1914 Tour of Baseball, um, going to Australia and stuff like that. But let's talk about... This is going to be kind of an international show, I think. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it, well, I, I did a – so do you know what National History Day is? Sure. So oh, it's like yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I actually won the county competition twice in a row with baseball oh, wow. projects uh, in seventh grade and eighth grade. Uh, I went to, you know, the state competition, and my project in eighth grade was uh, about the exchange of baseball between the United States and Japan. So hmm. I'm kind of like I learned a lot through that process. But baseball has gone way farther than just Japan, though. Because right. In 1889, shout out to Jake Brown again. In 1889, to advertise their new, their new ball, that they didn't call a baseball back then. Spalding went on a tour to show off the game of baseball huh. to Africa. Wow, that's right? actually really cool. You know, gift what gift Nagope? He played for the Pirates. He was from South Africa. Yeah, and he, he learned, you know, uh, how to play from, out there. I thought he was from Nigeria. No, I'm he was pretty... from South Africa. I hmm. believe. I remember there was some guy over the summer, some, like, really big baseball broadcaster or a for- former MLB player was trying to hype up this uh, catcher from Uganda. He's supposedly, like, the best catcher in Uganda, and he's, like, really good defensively from what I've seen. Yeah. Uh, his name's Dennis something dennis his last name starts with a k Hold i want to say but Ugandan catcher bum, ba, da, bum. dennis kazumba yeah that guy yeah he's a catcher slash third baseman he's... and kyle farnsworth was the one uh, that, yeah that yeah um, that's who it was that shouted him out on twitter mm-hmm and it the the tweet says this is kasumba this is dennis kasumba He's a top catcher in Uganda. I'm doing what I can to help him get seen by college coaches here in the U.S. I have more video on him. He's 18, year old, 18 years old. DM me for more. And it's him blocking balls in what seems like just a dirt lot with no catcher's mitt. And it's he's got like a, a green and yellow chest protector and red pads. And that's it. Wow. Just the game in as as simple a form as you can possibly get it (laughs) you know and it's stuff like that that really just makes you like makes you wonder how much these guys care about the game of baseball yeah so let's talk about more guys that care about the game of baseball jack do you want to go off on your on your (laughs) international prospect that you want to talk about yeah well since this is the international prospect show i felt like this was probably the most appropriate time to to go into more than just a little spiel, but uh, Munitaka Murakami, um, probably he actually he has had one of the greatest uh, baseball seasons in any professional baseball league by any Japanese-born baseball player. He tied the uh, the Japanese-born uh, home run record this season, which was set back in 1964 by Sadara Hu-Oh. Um, I apologize, apologize if I butchered that name. But uh, Murakami, I mean, he has been an absolute stud all season long. I, I remember we were talking about his numbers a couple weeks ago, 
his OPS has dropped a little bit since we last talked about it, but it's still like like the fact that it dropped and you're gonna be like, oh my god, because it's his OPS is one point one seven three. Yeah, so the fact that it dropped is like, how was it at one point two? Right. It was a one point two eight something. The last time I checked. Well, what I was what I was saying about Japan, and, and it goes to, to talking about this, is when, when it comes down to it, the guys who play in Japan and who are professionals and then looking for a major league contract, um, they're the most pro-ready international prospects by the time they get there because they've already the, the competition is good enough that you don't need to go to the minor leagues when you go and play in Japan because they have their own, own system over there and, and all of that. And, like... The situation compared to like the the Dominican kids who end mm-hmm. up going to, you know, at age sixteen. I mean, these Japanese kids they play high school baseball, um, and then they go, either I guess they could play in you know college, what like they go into the professional league and all of that. Um, but but there's a lot less development needed when you switch over from Japan to to the United States. Yeah. The other thing to to note with Murakami is, uh, I guess there's two things. The power he puts behind his bat after every swing. I saw this guy take, and and one of his at bats I watched. He first pitch was thrown on the outside half of the zone, and this guy barrel to bat. He, he ex- fully extends over the plate, barrel to bat, and just launches that thing. Like within half a second, I was just from a blank face to like, oh my god. Because it was, you could just tell it was gone the second it touched his bat, and yeah, he's just—he's a really good guy. He's—he's he's very powerful, and he has a, definitely has a shot at making the majors someday. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. But he's twenty-three, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. So, but that's what it takes. Like that's like going and getting a free agent contract because you play your. It's it's like forego- foregoing. It's like foregoing the minor leagues. Um. It's just a different. It's just a different process from Japan. Now, if you get a twenty-four-year-old, like a twenty-three-year-old, twenty-four-year-old, you're like, there's a guy entering their prime coming from Japan. If you get somebody like that scouted out from the Dominican, you're like, no way, no way. You want those guys young and coming up through through a uh, a system, right? But but when it comes to Japan, I mean, that's a guy that you would sign, and he's gonna get you the most bang for your buck immediately. Right. Yeah. Look at like Seiya Suzuki for the Cubs. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's 26, 27, but he was established in Japan mm-hmm. as one of the best hitters in the Nippon League. And guess what he did when he came over to the majors? Yeah. Started producing. Right. Albeit not at the clip that he was producing in Nippon, <laughs> but he's still producing on that club, in that Cubs lineup that needs an influx of youth. Mm-hmm. Or he need, they need a veteran, not an influx of youth, they need a veteran presence. That club is basically a AAA club. <laughs> right? Um, I say right a lot on this show. I just realized. <laughs> I just realized that. So the, the rules of, of the Nippon League. Murakami can't be, I guess, dealt to the MLB until nine years of professional experience in the Nippon League. Mm. However, he can be posted for major league, quote-unquote posted for major league clubs. Under posting rules that were instituted in the 2018-2019 offseason, the, quote, release fee, an amount that an NPB club must receive in the event an agreement is reached between a posted player and a major league club, depends on the guaranteed value of the contract a posted player signs with a major league club. 
Um, all 30 MLB clubs have 30 days to negotiate with a player after he's posted. Typically, players have to be posted between November 1st and December 5th. The, quote, posting window was pushed back to November 8th to no- December 12th in 2020. We we're talking about how soccer is. Well, I was going to say this. This is like baseball. the most I've ever talked about soccer on this show <laughs> because I think, and and I've had this conversation with people before when it when you talk about international when people say baseball is dying I'm like look even if baseball was almost entirely dead in the United States which we've seen from what's going on this year in baseball it's definitely not. You've got kids in the Dominican. You got kids in Japan. You got kids in Korea who love the sport so much that it's not going to die. Yeah, um, and, and to make the connection a little more clear for those who aren't familiar with the sport of soccer, they have what's called the transfer market. It's right. basically what free agency is in basketball or the NFL. Or like, is that how Holland ended up going from so Dortmund? You're going to sign it. Yeah. Yeah. And so basically what happens is let's, Holland, who Sorry. transferred uh, to – no, you said it, right? Holland? Yeah, 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 yeah that's how I said it. Okay. Um, that's not. I wasn't trying to, like, point. I'm just no, saying, like, ha- like, like. Uh, so Holland transferred to to Manchester City. Right. Yeah. To City from Dortmund. Dort or City through transfer has to pay like a fee to Dortmund because Holland's leaving. Right. Right. And so, and basically it's the same thing. And yeah. then you get an well, and then there's like a sell-on fee from his initial club and all that um but yeah it gets a little more but yeah yeah, yeah. So, but, well, i mean like the way the, that that stuff works and obviously don't want to veer too far away from it um i mean it's very, everyone it's everyone similar. signed it onto an extension right nobody's let go to be a free agent unless unless they can't like like most of the times good players are signed to an extension and then they move te- they move teams but like i've always ha- i've also had the thought cuz i've you know, doing my my soccer show, Park the Bus, um, just a shameless little plug uh, for the past couple of years. I've had the thought in baseball because I'm a baseball guy first. Like, what if teams just started shipping off their players to like Korea or Japan, made trades like throughout? Like, what if we made baseball? What if we made Major League Baseball? And like, Major League Baseball always needs to be the primary league and stuff. But like, more there's more globalization that other leagues feed off of it and everything. It should be cool. I mean, I think we're starting to maybe see like that baseball turning into the global life that yeah. soccer's and, at right now. And while you see and while you see um you know making the link back to minor league baseball which is what this show is about. I mean you've seen guys like what Carter Stewart who got drafted by the Braves didn't they said oh there's something wrong with your arm or whatever didn't give him the contract he wanted. He was like, "Oh, I'm just going to sign an 8-year contract in Japan and then I'll come back over and I'll be in my prime." Right. And you're gonna make a lot more money than in minor league baseball. So very, like, very smart decision by him. Yeah, and we're going all over the place. We can talk about minor leagues in every sports and <laughs> every in every sports association all ever, right? We're seeing that in basketball now too, mm-hmm. with people signing contracts out of high school into the G League, which is kind of like the minor leagues of basketball. Right. And they're making so much more money playing semi-professional basketball than they would be making in college and risking that an injury where like these aren't really highly scouted guys that are signing these contracts into the G League so they would go to like maybe a lower level school that wouldn't be able to pay them the NIL, NIL money and then they would be risking their their athletic career mm-hmm. all due to injury but 
we're kind of getting away from minor league baseball now. So <laughs> let's 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 bring it back. Um, let's keep talking about some some interesting prospects. So your highlight was on Munitaka Murakami, who I really really want to see in the majors yeah. soon. Um, and my guy, one of the funniest names that we're gonna see on <laughs> this show. This guy's name is Eggy. Eggy Rosario. <laughs> it's spelled E-Guy, but it's pronounced Eggy. And this he's on an absolute tear in AAA this year. He's batting .288 uh, with a .368 on-base percentage, .508 slugging, and an .876 OPS. Wow. Yeah. Has hit 22 bombs, and uh, he's, let's see here. Uh, there we go. There's the there's the strikeout numbers. 109 strikeouts to 49 walks. Um, but he's stolen 30 bases. Or no, that was my tw- that was the 2021 stats. Uh, 109 strike. He still had 109 strikeouts to 59 walks, and he stole 21 bases. So, wow. yeah, I mean, Eggy Eggy's gonna be he's gonna be good someday for the uh, for the San Diego Padres down there once Fernando Tatis finally washes <laughs> up somewhere. Um, I, I have to get a Fernando Tatis jab in every episode. I th- I, I've gotten he also in. needed his jab in. I, <laughs> I like that. Zinger. Hey, yo. <laughs> That's um, what I'm So here for. he had a little bit of a cup of coffee with the Padres this year. Had uh, appeared in seven games, has a 200 average. That's so, pretty good in seven games. Hey, I mean, it's better than Brett Beatty and Mark Vientos. I can tell you that much. <laughs> um, has, he didn't Don't tell his, Schwager that. Didn't hit a home run. He struck out twice and had one walk. So, was slugging 200, OBP of 333, and an OPS of 533. You so. know the top international prospects named Ethan? I got to ride with that guy. Wait, what? Ethan Salas. Uh, Are you sure it's not you? Um, Are we sure? I'm, I'm not a catcher. Are um, we sh- the top international prospect I'm seeing is Roderick Arias. For 2023? For 2023? Oh, I'm saying guys who haven't been signed yet. This is the list on MLB.com. <laughs> this the list that. What are you looking at, Ethan? The twenty twenty three list. Sixteen year old from Venezuela, Ethan Salas. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, he's right. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it it's not like Ethan it's a, Salas. It's not like it's a fake person. Ethan Salsa season. Yes. <laughs> uh, Heyo. That's a, uh, another, another show. That, show. That another show. Another on. quick little jab. I mean, why not just name them all? <laughs> that would take up the rest of the 20 minutes we have left. It's um, literally so just sunrise Looking forward, shows. quick rapid fire. Who? Uh, what prospects are we looking forward to next year? Just say a name. I don't need. I don't need an explanation. Ready, set, go, Jack. Drew Waters, Ethan? center fielder for the Royals. Francisco Alvarez, catcher for the New York Mets. The New York Mets. Major league club, but uh, still a prospect. Bobby Miller. Ooh. Bobby Miller. He's already in AAA. He's going he's gonna to be good. Yeah. Uh, and now we are moving on to one of the flagship, one of the flagship segments of this show. I have, I have to log into my, my account, though. So it might take me a second. Hold on. <laughs> oh, I should have said Brennan Davis. That's my guy. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't. I know. Bash caught it. <laughs> you kept talking about him during the draft and... And every episode after that. Ethan, Ethan, what happened? You were wearing a Bash of Bears baseball t-shirt this morning, and now you're not. Um, I took a shower, and then I changed shirts. Uh, you know? Um, 
<laughs> in the words of Katy Perry, you change your mind like Ethan changes clothes. Oh my gosh. Am I not going to be able to find it? Oh, there we go. Speaking, there we go. speaking of the fantasy draft, there was a bit of a scare. Jeffrey. Yeah, I you, all you, I was you, you, I was like so close to beating you. I was yeah. You gave me a little bit of a heart attack a couple went, days ago. I was, was like, no, this can't happen. No, nope. <laughs> with I, 19 I can't lose in the semifinals. <laughs> oh, I almost I almost had it. I almost stole the chip away. But yeah. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you want a trophy? Because we can't afford a trophy. We don't have. This isn't monetized. <laughs> There's one right there. Uh, I mean, if you want to steal one from Blaze, I, I don't think uh, don't think. Ethan's friend Mallory Schnell would be very, very happy. With <laughs> um, all right, so it's the time for the picker wheel. Um, you know what the you know what the picker wheel is. You, we've we've built up a, at least enough of a cult following. <laughs> Shout out to Adam Camarena. And Ethan, do you want to fill in for Jake today because he's not here? It's the it's the East. It's the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, I I need to. Uh... Or I can do it. I mean, I'm gonna pull up the Blue Jays thing because um, the the prospect list. Um, you pull up the prospect list. I'll pull up their minor league baseball affiliates and stuff like that. Okay. Okay. Number five, Yosfer Zulu Etta, um, ETA 2023, um, plays for the Buffalo Bisons. Okay. Right, right-handed pitcher. Um, so this is a guy who we're gonna probably see next year. Obviously, I feel like I'm I'm not as good at, at this as Jake is. Okay, I can I can do it if you want, Ethan. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. here to just to make so, little announce like little little jabs here and there. Okay. Yes. So the Toronto Blue Jays, their AAA affiliate is the Buffalo Bisons. Their AA affiliate is the New Hampshire Fisher Cats. The high affiliate is the Vancouver Canadians, who we just heard from were in the high A championships. And low A is the Dunedin Blue Jays, which they play at the spring training facility of the Toronto Blue Jays. And like Ethan was saying, their number five prospect, uh, Yasver Zulu Eta. It his last name is Z U L U E T A. Zulu Eta. That's such a sick last name. Right. So but cool. I, I can't say it off the top of my tongue. Plays for the AAA Buffalo Bisons. Uh, number four prospect is Tucker Toman, who is a shortstop third baseman. He's playing rookie ball right now, uh, batting 289, has a 391 o- OBP, slugging 368, and a 759 OPS. Uh, he was drafted in 2022. He was in the he was a second round pick, and uh, so I mean playing rookie ball as a second round pick, pretty good for him. Um, Number three prospect is Brandon Barriera, Bari, Barriera, B-A-R-R-I-E-R-A, Barriera. There we go. Um, he was drafted 2022, first, first round 23rd overall. Um, he's not assigned to a level right now, which kind of concerns me. Uh, either he hasn't signed a contract or he hasn't just hasn't been assigned. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's an 18-year-old left-handed pitcher. Um, stands 6'2", 180, so pretty slim, slim dude. Has he had Tommy John yet, though? I don't know. I think that's that's the biggest question nowadays with with young pitchers, is you either get Tommy John, you've either already had Tommy John when you enter a system, or you're about to get it. Yeah. Um, Okay, and then number two prospect, um, Orolvis Martinez, another shortstop third baseman, 
playing for the Double A New Hampshire Fisher Cats. Um, he batted this year 203 with a 286 on base percentage, 446 slugging, 732 OPS, hit 30 bombs in Double A. Wow. 30 of them. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, had 140 strikeouts to 40 walks, so that's not very impressive. <laughs> um, but 30 bombs will never, never not not disappoint. Yeah. Uh, and then first prospect number one overall, Ricky Tiedemann, was drafted 2021 uh, in the third round. He plays for the Double A New Hampshire Fisher Cats, um, and. Went 0 and 1, had a 2.45 ERA, uh, with only four games with Double A, had 14 strikeouts during that time, batting average against. Get this, guys, 147. Ooh, ooh, holy! That's uh, that's pretty nice. 147. Yeah, that's very nice. <laughs> that's very nice. Uh, another left-handed pitcher, so Toronto's kind of stocking up on left-handed pitching. They kind of desperately need it because, you know, that that rotation doesn't really have a strong left-hander in it. Um, but, yeah, that's the uh, that's the Blue Jays' top prospects. I don't think any of these guys are really going to make a, a, big, a big statement next year. I don't think any of them are really ready yet. Um, I mean, Otto Lopez is the only one that's – currently on the major league roster he's the number 17 prospect all the way down there mm-hmm. um but i could see somebody like an addison barger who's in triple a right now their number 13 prospect mm-hmm. making the jump but um, this like the toronto blue jays aren't a team that's in need of a massive rehaul from from their prospects because that team that they have built is like a homegrown team that has been built by that farm system for right. the past half decade right but like in the next three or four years when Bo goes and finds more money somewhere else, right. when they they're gonna fork over their entire franchise to keep Vladdy, yeah, like that's that's gonna happen, and then you're gonna leave guys out in the dust like Kevin Biggio and Bo Bichette and all of their pitching staff. That's why they're getting all of these young arms. Um, and George Springer isn't gonna stay in, stay in Canada that long. They gotta figure out the uh, the Alex Anthopoulos secret and uh, and. Atlanta and see how they can get guys to stay for less money. I mean, Alex Anthopoulos is just—he's a good GM. I hate—I hate to say it, but he's a really good GM. He made one mistake, and that mistake benefited me entirely. That, that was like, not was, his mistake. That was Freddie Freeman's um, being smart. Ad, uh, his uh, what's it called? His, his manager. Agent, his agent. Or his agent. Yeah. His that former. Was his, his former, former agent. agent. Yeah. Right. Um, that's gonna be fun to see if, if, if the if the Braves and the Dodgers meet up in the playoffs this year. That'd be interesting. Yeah, but with I mean, we're not gonna have the conversation on the show. But like, was it that much of a mistake? They they have ten more wins or nine more wins right now than they did in their World Series winning year. So I mean, the Braves are also a very good team still. Yeah, I mean they got Matt Olson, which I think. Yeah. Matt Olson's a younger version of Freddie Freeman, right. really. Yeah. Um. So Anthopo- Anthopolis is still doing his thing. He's mm-hmm. still fleecing people and. You know, doing good doing job. good baseball. Yeah, um, I'm gonna leave a little, little bit of time for uh, for one of our other favorite segments. I'm about to cry. Um, it is time, folks. It's unfortunately time. I have to plug in the the adapter, but <laughs> it's it 
is time for the most somber part of the show. And while I queue up some James Taylor... I do really like the switch over from um, from that Jesse song to the, the car song. And I know it's called Our Town by, by James Taylor, but it's the car song. Yeah. All right, let's... Uh, Long ago... Ethan, do you want to just do a karaoke version of it? Do you want me to just not play the song? Um, I need to find the lyrics. It's time for Forgotten on the Farm. Jack Bartlett, you have the uh, you have the stage We're talking about international ball today. So it's only fitting that we talk about the Havana Sugar Kings, based out of Havana, Cuba. They were a team from 1946 until 1960. They were affiliated with the Cincinnati Reds, and they were the AAA affiliate for them. A couple notable guys, Connor Marrero, Mike Fernelli's, Sandy Consuguera, and their manager, uh, Armando, why is this not? Armando Marsans. Uh, why did they go defunct? In 1960, Fidel Castro nationalized all U.S.-owned enterprises, and following that, on July 8, 1960, MLB's commissioner Ford Frick announced that the team would relocate to Jersey City, New Jersey. How fitting that Ford Frick moved a team to Jersey City, New Jersey. Were they any good? They won three league titles during their time, two in the Florida International League in 47 and 48, and then one in their International League in 59. That team in 47, though, is considered to be one of the greatest minor league baseball teams of all time. But I don't want to leave you guys on this somber, somber, sad note. So I'll leave you with this. The team changed its name in, I believe, 1953, when Bobby Maduro bought the team. His father was born in Caraco and moved to Cuba and became a successful sugar planter. Their family business and the sugar industry kept expanding, and then eventually one of his other family members, Solomon Maduro, became involved with the insurance business. Bobby Maduro went on to study at Cornell and then, after graduating, helped invest $2 million to build Estadio Latino America, which is where the Sugar Kings played as, as the Sugar Kings and under the reign of Bobby Maduro. So that is why they are called the Sugar Kings, and that is why they were in Cuba. And that stadium that the Sugar Kings play at, played at I'm sorry, is still used to this day by, by the Cuban national team yeah. when there are friendlies in Cuba. So the Sugar Kings built a legacy. They built historic baseball in Cuba. And then Fidel Castro said, I don't want anything to do with America and kicked the Sugar Kings out of Cuba mm-hmm. to go to Jersey City of all places. <laughs> they were only there for a year. So let's let's let James Taylor play us out. Like they did before It's hard to find a reason Left to stay But 
but it's our town. Love it anyway. I would love to see a, a minor league team back in Cuba someday. That'd be with, sick. With I'm, how with how our relationship with Cuba has has really gotten better, mm-hmm. and with how big the game of baseball is in Cuba, I think it's only fitting if yeah. if the MLB does expand, mm-hmm. put a team back in Cuba. Yeah, but we're still we're still a bit away from that. I mean, yeah, but if if why, in due time away. something like that could happen, it'd be really cool. You know, if if. If we can only hope. Right. That's that's what we can do on this show. We can only hope that sometimes patience. Patience. Patience, patience is a virtue. <sighs> and it's a virtue that the New York Mets need to have with their prospects. <laughs> yes it is. Yes we it is. We can only wait so long until <laughs> somebody throws something at a Mets game. Or until <laughs> Ethan throws his phone at me. Uh, we're getting a phone call. Phone call with five minutes left. This is almost... Hello, caller. You are on up on deck. What? Uh, who is this? It's all about the Mets, baby. Let's go Mets. Hit a home run, Mets. I guess Jake's feeling better. <laughs> it's not. I don't know if that's Jake. That's my brother, I think. Oh, is it? Wait, is it Adam? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not Jake. Oh. <laughs> we're, we're pretty similar, though. Yeah, I mean, your voices sound very similar. Me and Jack <laughs> looked at each other and were like, wait, I thought Jake was, like, bedridden. I knew exactly exactly who it was immediately. Um, yeah, but but this isn't really a caller-type show, you know? That's just not the vibe of this show, but thank you for calling in. Yeah, thanks, Adam. <laughs> um, anyway, I hope his car's doing well. Um, don't you gotta click the other thing what don't you gotta click the other button to take him off the i clicked off yeah but then the other one uh, i don't know i clicked off (laughs) um anyway i mean we don't take calls on this show that's not that's just not us that's a sunrise with schwager thing (laughs) i think i've shouted out all of ethan's shows by now Sunrise or Sunrise. i just shouted that out you said schwager park the bus you said the hard r park the bus uh, and then Solace's season. Yeah. It's just those three, right? And, and this, this, up on deck. So. We got the. Uh, we got there's the, a trifecta. What's the four? The quadfecta. The quadfecta. That's it. We got the quadfecta. That's it. And with uh, with us shouting Thank out. Thank you so much Schwager's for listening to Up on night. Deck. To keep yourself uh, up to date on all things minor leagues season, and to stay in touch with what's going on with the show, make sure to follow us on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at UpOnDeck underscore. And as always, listen to us on all podcast listening platforms, including Apple Music and Spotify. This is Minor League's Major Show. See y'all next time. And from all of us here at Up On Deck, have a fantastic week.